We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D with the cave trolls. To me, I really wish I hadn't just hit the recording button. Like I just. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Will the listeners believe me or will they give Lissa more credit than she deserves? I mean, six to one, half dozen to another. The real like <laughs> positive of it is that somebody will believe you. And that's really all that matters when it comes to slander. You know, it's because it's because I've got all the riz, Terry. Right. Exactly. Exactly. If you just have slightly more than your co-host, then you're the main host, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. Um, and in it's exactly fashion, how it works. Because you're the last one standing. You're the best host. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how am I the last one standing? Have I killed you or something? Am I talking no, no, to no, a no. ghost? The slovenly trolls. No, you two can never. Use oh, <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I'm I'm a very influential rich white man. How could mm. I ever lose? <laughs> you don't, the, you yeah, don't the uh-huh. system is made for me. I mean, you don't have to tell us twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just got an argument on Twitter from with what I'm assuming is also a white guy who doesn't believe that eugenics exists in D and D, and I'm like, oh, buddy, yeah. I'm really sorry to tell be the one to tell you this, but um, and then like they equated eugenics to genocide, like thinking they were the same thing. I'm like. Well, no. One sometimes, if not usually, leads to the other, but they're not the same thing. They're my two dude. concepts <laughs> that go hand in hand for sure. But they uh, definitely that's not the, go hand those in words hand. Mean two different yeah, things, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, so all that words are made strange. up, but you still make up a meaning to go along with them. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Shakespeare invented like how many words of the English dictionary? A lot, and like he made up most of them. Um, but he had so... a meaning to go along with them, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but also just to, you know, put a fact checking, not rich, definitely white guy, but definitely not rich. <laughs> <laughs> fact check yourself. Yeah, uh, Listen, just... I wasn't going to say anything. You're rich in friends and family. That's Listen. that's right. I am definitely rich with acquaintances. <laughs> and that's, yeah. what, that's what really matters. Speaking of acquaintances, really uh, welcome to the Cave Trolls podcast. My name is Terry Smith. And I know what you're saying is, speaking of acquaintances, what does it have to do with anything? It doesn't. That was a non sequitur. Um, <laughs> that was a non-transition. <laughs> that's right. Uh, don't fuck with me. I got them all day. This is the only TTTTTTTRPG news show that you need on the internet. If you're listening to other ones, stop it. Don't. What are you doing? Come back here, please. I'm not crying. You're crying, okay? Remember how I said I wasn't rich? I need this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now we're just soliciting and it's fine that's right that's right just wait till i start showing other things we'll get to the housekeeping in a second first up i must introduce uh as always joined by one half if not the best half because there's no one you're uh, of the slovenly trolls uh, how's it going yeah terry I, you're right i am the best host of the slovenly trolls thank you for saying that <laughs> right as lissa joins i love it <laughs> right as lissa joins the call perfect timing <laughs> It's like we um it's like we summoned her from the ether. You finally procre- proclaimed me as the best host. How do I put her back into said, the ether? Is there a way for um, me to do There's that? a banishment spell. I'll send it to you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> Lisa, how's it going? The other half of the Slavenly Trolls. 
She's dead. She's not actually here. That's okay. Working out some technical difficulties for Lissa on that side. I would just wait. Like, hey, let's wait until the technical difficulties are solved. But I got shit to do today, okay? I turned 30 yesterday. The clock is ticking, okay? I got tick, stuff tick, boom, to boom. do. Happy um, belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. The gray hairs also say hello. Um, my kids were really, really sweet yesterday. I had pointed out that I had a lot of gray hair for my 30th birthday. That's what I got. And they said, Dad, Aww. no, you don't have that much. Let me see. And they looked, they're like, oh, actually, yeah, I can see. Oh, don't ask Ow. kids to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, it's okay. I'm alive. I'm just a year older. It's everything's fine. <laughs> Nothing's on fire. Again, I'm not crying. You're crying. Lissa, are you here now? Nope. <laughs> maybe. Hey, maybe. I'm here. Maybe I'm there not. She is. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just a figment of your imagination. You well, I, I mean, those aren't mutually exclusive. You can both not be here and be a figment of my imagination. That's true. Um, uh, <laughs> my mind is fleeting, like my age. Um, <laughs> how many? Actually, you know what? I'm I'm putting up a tally of how many age jokes Terry makes today since he just turned thirty. So. I, honestly, the you sad part is so many of you them are jokes. A lot five. of them are just reality. You know, <laughs> like when my back hurts, it's like, well, that's just part of it. Well, here's yeah. Well, you also you'll be mentioning them probably a lot more. Here's the thing. So I'm still gonna keep a tally, and like your tone of voice just infers that everything you say is a joke because I do the same thing as a coping mechanism. So I see you. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to keep tally anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're definitely healthy. Uh, moving healthy. on, let's jump right into it to our bits and bobs <laughs> section. This is where we get into all of the TTTT RPG uh, news uh, regarding games and supplements. I know how to run this show. It's fine. I slept more yeah. than two hours last night. Um, but Congrats. yeah, this is where we get into all the new games and the additions that come out with them. First up, we have one versus one survival horror RPG. Looks like the perfect love letter to Halloween and classic slasher movies. 1978, The Night They Came Home. Uh, this comes from Matt Jarvis over at Dicebreaker. I am super duper excited for this game. I can't even get into the article yet. I want you to know I already backed this. Uh, <laughs> this is one of my dream games. My favorite video game of all time is the Friday the 13th video game. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yes, it's it's one of my favorite things. It's a janky mess, but I love it. I love survival horror stuff, but my favorite, it really what it breaks down is I love hide-and-seek. And if you can put hide-and-seek um... in an RPG, and I only have a few friends so I can play it one-on-one, -on -one, oh my god, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> and that's exactly what this is. New two-player RPG, it's going to capture the tension of the classic horror movies such as Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, it uses a poker deck to kind of do set up prompts for each player to kind of go through uh i know i talk about reflections a lot on this show one of my favorite one-on-one -on -one rpgs this has a very similar element which is like you have goals and tricks that you can do on your turn regarding the prompts and you're trying to kind of set up a better scenario for you versus um the bad guy depending on who's playing what uh, i'm really really excited for it uh are you two into anything about this <laughs> Um, I know Lissa plays survival horror video games. I don't touch <laughs> anything that has the word horror in it because I'm a big fat baby. That's so fair. this That's is fair. not for me personally, for but me. I don't know. It might be for, for Lissa. I don't know. Not for me though. <laughs> Lissa, what about you? Are you excited <laughs> about uh, 1978, the night they came home? 
Um, so I play survival horror in a group because sure. that's the only <laughs> way I can deal with any kind of horror. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of RPGs, I can deal more with horror because it's not visual. Um, so my answer to this question is this is intriguing and I do like, I love the art style. I don't know what the answer is. I, I I'm I like, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant. Better than no, which is my answer. <laughs> right, exactly. The, the, the thing that I think will be the big hang-up on this is the 1v1 aspect. I think... Like yeah, that's said, a very interesting, like, dynamic. Intimate dynamic. Yeah, and, like, a lot of times that fun, like, the reason why I love Friday the 13th is it's asymmetrical. You have the one bad guy <laughs> versus a whole team of campers, right? That's, uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of, like, the element of the show. And, like, the last one standing, are you going with the group or are you going to try to just escape by yourself? That kind of mm -hmm. element is really fun and a big part of those movies and capturing that vibe. So just the 1v1 element, I think, is really novel to me as someone who does a lot of that. But I think that could turn off a lot of players who are like, oh, it's a survival horror game. Like, I love horror movies, but it's just me and one other person. I wish I could play with five people, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm excited to try it. Uh, like I said, I already backed it. Uh technically i set aside the money it's not launching yet but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> i have decided yeah. I'm like this is plan <laughs> this is planned um i don't pick i don't click that notify me on launch button very often and when i do mm -hmm. that is me granting myself my future self permission to buy said game <laughs> just so you know <laughs> if you ever say oh like he clicked on the button that like that means i'm spending that money <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the the terry whispering uh secret of this episode so if you hear me say they're like oh hey the, less money for the show um <laughs> moving yeah. on though let's jump into the next game uh wilder feast uh like monster hunter as a tabletop rpg and it looks very tasty indeed this also comes from matt jarvis over at dicebreaker doing a lot of heavy lifting in this episode over at dicebreaker <laughs> i want to thank everyone over there uh wilder feast this was actually sent to me by a couple of different people from like my monster hunting group uh they're mm -hmm. very excited about this and it's exactly what it sounds like it's a new rpg looks to bring the spirit of the video game monster hunter to the tabletop game uh all about exploring cooking crafting and taking down those big monsters in a group um i don't know what more to say about it i haven't had a chance to go hands-on with this neither has anybody else except for it's a six-sided die element so if you're like tales from the loop or gurps or anything like that a little bit closer to that um i think that different weapons give you different dice though like i think d6s are the base and you get other dice depending on what you're using or which class you pick um i had watched a video about this a while ago um when they were just talking about making it so that's a little bit of uh you know conjecture on my part but i'm pretty sure that's how it goes is this doing anything for you Lisa? i don't know yet um... <laughs> a lot of concrete okay. answers today. Listen, listen i like listen i like monsters mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. monster hunting sounds intriguing mm -hmm. uh i don't know that i know enough about this to be able to like give you a definite answer okay mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my final response. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I, I, want, I want to be pitched this by, like, the creator, and then I'd be uh, like, sure. yes, and then go all in and give them all my money, because, like, I, that's, do, that's how that goes. Do you ever play Monster Hunter? 
or any of them. See, no, I think that's I, have I think that's part of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I haven't played Monster Hunter either, but I'm seeing the art and which I usually point out. But I do want to say there's art of a character just holding a giant frying pan, yeah, and then there's right. art of exactly. one like zip lining on like a needle and thread, and I'm like, all right, that is legit as hell so like, i like what they're going for i think it's unique but yeah also as somebody who doesn't really play monster hunting games isn't really a usually uh, a murder hobo in D D. just like go fight the monster collect the rewards kind of stuff mm -hmm. um i'm a little bit more hesitant but it looks super fun if that's what the pitch is yeah and like i as someone who plays a lot of monster hunter or has in the past i don't at this current moment it's one of my favorite RPGs because of how simple it is. It's got a perfect, um, uh, like, gaming cycle, like that repetition of, so you, you go, you kill a monster that you want to get the loot from, you then turn that loot into a weapon that or armor what? that you then use to go kill a bigger monster or a different type of monster, rinse and repeat. You go around in that circle, and it's really easy to get into. And the big thing about it is, like, depending on what you kill, that's what you can create with when you go back. So... Whether it's going to craft a better meal that's going to buff you for your next match, or like I said, the the specific armors. Maybe you kill the fire drake, so you have fire resistance to go fight a different fire monster. Oh, or... that's rad. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and it really builds into each other. So if you can capture that, I think that that would translate really well to a tabletop. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I had a chance to, to go through and read up on it a little bit more. It's almost exactly what I was saying. You have a base dice pool of D6s. Humans use d8s monsters use d20s um so i'm pretty excited for like the combination like i i love the the handful of dice mechanics like i love the fistful and you're just like throwing like a million and then you have to sort through it um mm -hmm. so i'm excited all around for this uh if you two change your mind i might be able to get <laughs> a hold of this for us to play test um, that would be cool. And if you're a monster hunting fan in the audience, please let me know. I'd love to talk to you about this. Possibly get a game going because this is a really easy <laughs> jump in and out. You know, you have uh, um, the Western Front style RPG. You know, at your table for D and D. You know, you just drop in and different players. You know, uh, yeah. have different characters that kind of phase in and out. Really easy to do mm -hmm. for a monster hunting game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyways, moving on, this next up is an, uh, another little story expansion from Paizo for Pathfinder, Grandmother's Story, Part 5, The Howl of the Wild. Uh, Lissa, you sent this to me, I believe. I know nothing about this except for it's the end of a big, long adventuring path that people were really excited for. There's some ships involved and, and uh, some spacefaring, but I don't know anything about this one. Can you tell me anything about it? No, Terry, I cannot. <laughs> Did you not send it with a shade? I didn't. I don't remember who sent it. I didn't. It might have been, been me, but um, listen, I saw a whole bunch of people getting very excited about this, okay. and okay. I thought it's worth mentioning. I don't know what it is. I haven't played Pathfinder, unfortunately. Still waiting to do that, but. Well, let me read from the article then. Yeah. Uh, for one epoch and one day, the Wardens of the Wild Reign, where animals and beasts disputed or doubted, the Wardens quelled their infighting and fortified their hearts. With the wild, uh, where the wild grew, I have my glasses on, it's fine. Threatened by disaster and <laughs> development, the Wardens repelled intruders and restored the world with their vast power. Yet nothing of the wild lasts forever. Such is not the way of nature. Um, yeah, so that's a cool quote. Don't know what any of that means, but people are excited about this. I'm seeing a lot of chatter about it online. 
Um, the ending of this story is coming out spring 2024, Howl of the Wild, so you can check that out. If you're excited, let us know why. If you've been playing through this and um, you care about Grandmother's story and the rest of Howl of the Wild, yeah, let us know. I mean, if you scroll down further, uh, it's the they talk about the actual book. Mm-hmm. So their project, Howl, Pathfinder Howl of the Wild, is a... The latest creature-focused rule book dives into the beasts and animals of the wilderness, catalog them all alongside an old naturalist and his eclectic crew as they sail their mm. fantastic airship to Golarian's furthest ships. reaches, <sighs> studying its luscious biomes in search of the elusive luscious. wardens of the wild. And then there's a bunch of like schematics for spaceships. This yep. fucking ships look so cool. So I'm just looking at this. I buy a lot of it's Pathfinder so stuff to use for D and D. I I buy a lot of their ship content because Spelljammer was so shitty when it came out so for shitty. fifth edition. Yeah. Um, and a lot of their stuff is compatible, especially you know there's mm-hmm. pictures of blueprints and schematics. Um, right, I use right. That for a lot of my games, and in fact, I'm using one right now for a GURPS game. So. Um, depending on how much ship content is in this, I might check that out. I mean, I mean, I feel like there's something to be said about you using Pathfinder stuff for a D and D game, and like something about D and D and Pathfinder and comparing the two? Question mark. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like Pathfinder exists because of D and D. Exactly. And I, I, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, I cut my teeth on three point five and fourth edition, so yeah. Pathfinder was always really cool to have for just like more content. Um, sure. and like I said, like I, I've never been tied down to one system in where like, oh, I only use this book for this. There's always good things that can be used across the board. I use mm-hmm. a lot of lore from Pathfinder, um, adventure ideas, you know, one shot stuff. But like I said, like they went really hard with their, I wouldn't say spell jammers as much as their airship content, uh, with, mm-hmm. uh, second edition. So mm-hmm. I use a lot of that because it's really cool. Uh, and I, super I, cool. I run it in GURPS, which has nothing to do. They're, like, none of the mechanics are at all compatible. No. But... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but they have really good schematics, and they talk about, like, what the ships do and how they're powered. And that's the kind of stuff that I can take and use in other games. Moving mm-hmm. on, since none of us are going to know anything about Grandmother's Story. Uh, I love just random lore sometimes. Like, I've just been reading this. I was like, I mean, that's pretty cool. I don't know what the fuck's happening, but I'm glad I'm But I'm so happy for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to hear more lore. I'm always. just happy to be invited, you know? Um, <laughs> Same. Same, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Next up is the Crown Keeper box set of miniatures uh, over at WizKids. They have uh, Exandria Unlimited you know, miniatures, which is exactly what it sounds Hell like. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that you can just get a minifig of a Bria Iyengar. <laughs> like, that's fucking awesome. I saw That's the first one. I'm just like, oh, my God, she looks slay. I love this. <laughs> like, look at her. We love that. Um, so if you don't know Critical Role, Exandria Unlimited, this is a side campaign, just another campaign they yeah. have on their network, um, GM'd by Abri Iyengar, and then they have the characters from it. Uh, yeah. Oh, Oop, man. There's the Opal. Opal. <laughs> oh, oh there's Opal. <laughs> I don't know if they can use that by law, if they can just have Oh, no. Yeah, that green. one TikToker. Yikes. Like, uh, yeah, she probably gets paid for every minifig, or, or maybe she's yeah. going to appear on the next season. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's what I heard. That's what get, she said. <laughs> you get the whole box set, Opal, Dariax, uh, Fyra? I don't know. That's Fyra, Fyra, yeah. Yet uh morgan and dorian and for for 50 bucks you get all 
six figures, five figures. Uh, so I, is that a good deal? I don't know. I don't buy a lot of miniatures these days. I either make them or I buy really cheap ones and paint them into the thing mm -hmm. that I want. Uh, this seems like WizKids have some expensive minifigs for D&D, &D, so this seems like a good deal, especially if you're a big fan of that campaign. Yeah, um, and they're very, like, like detailed, and they're very well detailed and well made from what I can see. So, like, you get what you pay for for craftsmanship. I don't know if they're all handmade, but, like, from how they're advertising them, like, they're very detailed, and if you if you are a collector, this would to be, be a fair, good To be fair, the images thing. you're seeing on the WizKid website on their shop is the digital rendering. So, oh, are they? Oh, yeah, I didn't see the, that. That's well, that's, that's probably why. <laughs> um, so I, and I, no, I'm not Good trying to shit on them before it comes out because some of them are amazing. Some sculpts just don't come out as well as others. So, oh, 100%. Really vary when it comes yeah. from what you're seeing to what you're getting. So, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this wholeheartedly, especially from WizKids. They vary pretty heavily. I have some hero gotcha. clicks that are like, oh, this is the best sculpt I've ever seen. And then I bought the same figure again, and it <laughs> this derpy face, you can't oh, tell. No. Like, it's like a blob that someone glued on there, and they're like holding mm -hmm. a vaguely phallic shape. Like, I guess that's a sword, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, that's my opinion on WizKids stuff, but Check that out if you're interested in Critical Role or Exandria Unlimited. I don't buy minifigs because I use the theater of the mind. Wow. That's right. I'm better than you is what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's just D&D slash TTRPG talk for I'm better than you. I use theater oh. of the mind. But, but really, jokes aside, like theater of the mind is great until you have 15 skeletons and you're like, fuck, I wish you had some minifigs. Oh, 100%. Like I've been, I've been trying to use more theater of the mind and it works very well if you have the players. I think Lissa could probably attest to it better than I can because she's played in my theater sure. of the mind. But like, I think it works better if it's like one you know one two maybe three like uh monsters or bad guys that they're fighting but yeah anything more than that i'm like dude i need a map to keep 100%, track of this. 100%. <laughs> like uh i if i get into like a problem with like oh there's like too many things it becomes even more theater of their mind where i'm like i don't know like you cut down a lot of them you <laughs> know like <laughs> oh stat blocks we don't know her hp we'll just say they're all use fireball all oh, okay well everyone's dead yeah cool oh man good job <laughs> moving on to our village crier section this is the section where we go into the center of town and start yelling about shit that we think you need to know that don't fit into any of the other categories that we have first up dungeons and dragons players torn on playtest druid and wild shape because history is cyclical um this also comes from dicebreaker i know shocker uh have you looked in here chase carter over there um wizard of the coast has once again sat two senior designers in front of a camera to address the latest feedback from its ongoing playtest of dungeons and dragons future form todd kenrick and the rules guru jeremy crawford discussed what players thought about proposed changes to the druid and paladin classes which included holy punches and polarizing opinions on the wild shape ability if you don't know to catch mm -hmm. you up way back when uh like the movie coming out they drastically changed wild shape and kind of dumbed it down for lack of a better term uh, making it. You, you have like three stat blocks and that covers air creatures land uh land creatures and sea creatures but they're all basically the same you just kind of flavor it real which dumb is <laughs> cool if you want to do something really no. quick i like if they just had those three and all those other ones but they didn't they were just yeah. like no if you wild shit these are your stats and that fucking sucks 
Um, yeah, it totally new nerfs some of them. 100%. Like or uh, most and I'm surprised they say in this article cuz I haven't I didn't even know the video came out so my bad I'll be watching it after this. But <laughs> they're saying in this article that like they people are torn about it. I'm like torn. No torn. What I do you mean? Like I I know Twitter isn't the, I know Twitter isn't the real world. Don't get on my back. I understand this. But people I've talked to on Twitter and off of Twitter like who play D&D and who are familiar with how Wild Shape works, none of them thought it was a good idea. It was pretty resounding in my circles that I talked to that nobody really liked it. So I'm shocked that they're claiming that people are like, oh no, yeah, like maybe it's like 50-50 or 60-40. I'm like, that is not the impression I got at all. Want, those so might have been the people that clicked that button on that poll that they definitely checked. But totally. that, anecdotally, yeah. that's not what I've seen. Like I said, like the mixed stuff that I've seen is, hey, having a quick, uh, like a quick stat block in the section with the druid is a good idea. Like if you just need a water creature and you don't have time to go look up, look up the octopus stats, here's a good water mm -hmm. creature stat block. I like that idea. As someone that sometimes needs a quick reference, I think that's a good idea for it to usurp and take over instead of them statting out creatures. Mm -hmm. That sucks. And also, it's a missed opportunity in my opinion because you could put out. A second monster manual that's like, oh, I was just gonna say, creatures, right? Give me a book was, with squirrels in it. Literally, I was just about to say, and Lisa, I'm so sorry. I have to say this out loud. I'm already hating myself for this, but listen, if people really want like an easy place to find all of the druid stuff, yeah. do what second edition did and just do the complete druid's handbook yeah. and just have everything in a book with all of the stats and all the wild shapes like Tui did a lot of things shitty but like they have handbooks for every single class which you know looking back on it I was always like oh that seems like a bit much and I'm like actually it might not be a bit much for something like this you could put out an entire book for druids and like just have um, or even, it doesn't even have to be a big book, just like all of the possible wild shapes and then like a, a template for DMs and players to work on together to build their own wild shapes. Like even from a capitalistic standpoint, it makes sense. Like yeah, it's a good business. One of their big complaints is I have two things to say, but, but yeah, especially because all their big complaints is, oh, only GMs buy books. Well, that solves your issue right there. That solves your issue. And, and <laughs> exactly. number two, as a player who played in 3.5 and fourth edition, that wasn't just a two E thing. Like it started in two E. Okay. But, but they like in fourth edition, like they put out manuals for all sorts of shit. Like you could just go buy a pamphlet. I would say it's a pamphlet because it was like, oh, okay. I knew they, of, like, I knew they had like, I knew they had like five players' handbooks, but they did I do didn't that know. too, and that happened a lot with uh, three point five as well. Players' handbook oh, okay. two, monster manual two, but they were good. I know, like, I, yeah, cool yeah, things, but but yeah, like they would have these like smaller books that was maybe you know thirty to fifty pages long, and it oh, okay. would have stuff like here's even more options for tieflings, here's even more options for druids. Um, that's awesome and I, I think that, that that would solve a lot of problems with like hey mm -hmm. the player's handbook doesn't include everything here's three quick stat blocks but if you want more look out for our mundane creatures and druid ally book you know that's coming out soon like yeah. a very simple thing that we would buy and I'd be okay with that this isn't even just speaking on a capitalistic sense I like that it would separate that and yeah. if I had a druid at my table who's like hey you don't need the player's handbook you can use mine but go pick up the druid thing if you want 
Yeah. I think it would it go very far both ways. Uh, so I, it's dumb. I don't know anybody who's torn. But yeah, go check out that vil- uh, video <laughs> if you want. Charday, I don't think you're going to hear anything new in it. I think what you're going to do is get okay. mad at them for explaining that they're just going to keep doing what they're Stop doing. Stop mansplaining like. to me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not mansplaining. <laughs> I just already watched the video. Um. <laughs> I think that you will understand it better than me for sure, but I think you're going to get mad. <laughs> and not because you're a woman, but because you're Charday. Um, I get mad at a lot of things. Off more in a video like this, if this was talking about how they're changing everything about bards. Yeah. Which they kind of did. So, already. Sure, but they, I mean, they already did this with Druids too. They're just doing it again. They're just, like, they're okay, just doing the way, it again. Good, go fall in a hole. <laughs> I mean, if anybody should have strong opinions on druids, it should be Lissa because Lissa plays a druid in one of the campaigns we're in together. So, do you want me to explain she what druids also. are while we're on the topic? If you like, I just wow. I feel like you're not getting wow. <laughs> mansplaining to straight on mansplaining. Uh, I just uh, do you want me to explain what mansplaining is because I just don't think you're getting it. Oh my um, god! Why does every man always make that joke? It's, it's funny to <laughs> it's. it's really not <laughs> like, not when like i know a mutual friend of lissa nice has also said that joke to both of us uh-huh. and i don't laugh anytime i'm just like why did you say that just, and then... i mean you're just not understanding <laughs> it i think oh like, uh, like... <laughs> my woman brain uh, is so different no just your chardonnay brain i don't think the <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're tearing a lot of women down here and i, I don't agree i transcend that. gender exactly listen. exactly your difficulty has nothing to do with it's more of who you are is the problem um yeah, thank you. moving on uh I'm breaking up here i i'm getting death threats uh very quickly mm. here um they're flooding my inbox let's talk about <laughs> the second draft of the orc license ready for public comment this comes directly from paizo uh they put out the the stuff back in january and now you can go check out the orc license in its newest draft with over 1,500 game publishers announced with their intention to support it. Uh, I, when it comes to changes, I'm not... Uh, I need someone to mansplain it to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need uh, actually somebody to mansplain it. <laughs> I sent this to a lawyer friend. She's going to look over it to help out a little bit for us. But I, when it comes to changes, I think they're minute for me. Mm. I think a lot of it is semantic with like, hey, you kind of worded this. It's like, oh, that wasn't our intention. Let's fix this up a little bit. Um... So, but in my opinion, it's a good thing they're doing a second draft and they're not like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Let's sign everybody up. So it is. Yeah. I see a lot of the comments are like, Hey, you, um, the, there's like a font issue. <laughs> like your font here doesn't match up. I'm like, that sounds like the feedback I would give on a legal document. Like your fonts <laughs> don't match. <laughs> there is like, there is some stuff there. Like they did, like <laughs> one of the notes that they have is like, they standardized formatting um so like like they're hearing you i'm just seeing so many gifts that you're gonna kill me listen if you can make jokes about me mansplaining can't i make jokes about me mansplaining or does it not work like that no you're not allowed to make jokes that's fair that's Here. fair i think as yeah. as as uh as a supporter of women's <laughs> suffrage um i think that i need to hear your votes so uh the people have spoken i love the deer eating popcorn like was that just you saying that you're not going to join this fight lissa i listen i'm switzerland i'm just no, here no, for the vibes not. and watching well, you you're throw- finland, you're finland. <laughs> 
Let me explain the math. <laughs> oh my god, don't. <laughs> oh man, uh, never gets old. Definitely check out that uh -huh. second draft, and if you're an expert, please let us know if you see some changes that we need to talk about. Next up is the Bardic Inspiration. This is where we talk about all the cool things TTRPGs have inspired outside of the gaming table. First up is D&D's free 24-hour streaming channel. Will feature improv, cooking shows, and independent creators uh for dungeons and dragons adventures is that the name of the network is that what i'm understanding it, that's what it looks like yeah dungeons and dragons adventures i have like 20, 15 articles all saying the same thing i'm gonna pick up dice breakers just to keep us on this you know <laughs> this trajectory on the train yeah, exactly. yeah 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 uh chase carter over there writes about it the world's biggest tabletop rpg plans to explore streaming television programming mere months after its success on the silver screen dungeons and dragons adventures will run a free 24-hour stream of original shows alongside the classic animated series and programming from independent creators and influencers. Hasbro, the company that owns D&D publisher Wizards of the Coast, has put its Entertainment One branch to work constructing a free ad-supported television network that will air unscripted and personality-focused programming on a 24-hour schedule, similar to a cable channel. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing. A lot of people are trying to launch these networks. This is technically the third one this year that's tried to do this um we've talked about some of the other ones how are you feeling about this do you care are you gonna jump on there and watch the animated series watch some of their official actual plays that are already available on youtube but it's right there D&D <laughs> &D on 24 7 i mean this is the first one done by hasbro though is the difference True. so that means it's better right the big big corporate dad i mean Listen, if you asked me three three years ago, four years ago, I would have said yes. That means it's better. <laughs> but, uh, in this day and age, with this track record of um, things happening, I, I don't know that that means that it's any better. I mean, it's got more money putting funding. Yeah. yeah, it's got more money thrown at it. Mm -hmm. But does that mean it makes it better? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. have uh, they have stuff from the Encounter Party podcast, um, Beetle and Grimm co-founder uh, Matthew Lillard, if you don't know, also from Scream and Scooby-Doo. Um, they're doing stuff over there. Uh, the... Uh, the cooking show was the one I was excited about. Like, if you know the official, well, that TV sounds cookbook, interesting. Uh, Heroes yeah. Feast, like that. I'm excited for that just because I like cooking shows. So, like, I don't um. know if it's necessarily just like the <laughs> D&D thing as much as oh, these are recipes. Like, I cook a lot of D&D inspired stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I do the the uh, halfling uh, hand pies a lot, and uh, so like I'm excited about some of these things tangentially. I don't. I love listen. I love D&D. We host a D&D news show. People are starting other news shows. When I want D&D content, we've talked about this a lot on here, everybody kind of has their own flavor of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. For them to start a network and not go, hey, how do we license Critical Role, D20, Adventure Zone, all of these other big name ones that, that do it, I don't know if they're going to pull people from those places where they watch those. Um, I think this will be mm -hmm. great for new fans and people are just looking like, oh, hey, I, I like D&D, but I don't watch Critical Role. This might be the one that gets you in to go check that out. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure like the pitch that somebody gave to one of the higher ups as Hasbro was like, let's create the new Netflix for TTRPGs. <laughs> and that's what they're going right. for. I don't think there's like necessarily that, I wouldn't say that much thinking behind it, but they haven't thought about, you know, 
critical role and stuff like that but they're like you know what if there was one place where but, you uh, could but get... i disagree because like we've yeah. already seen a couple of people doing the netflix of dnd like we talked about i forget the other name of that other network that tried it that is on yeah. demand this isn't on demand dude this is just 24 hour this, this, is... uh, this show's on at this time this show's on at that time it's like a cable network a cable which network. like so it's live it's a streaming channel yeah it's yeah it's channel. it's live so actually this is a good question for lissa because my parents have this but i don't know how um how popular it is overseas they have like for smart tvs they have like an app i don't even remember what the app's name is so sorry about that um but there's like an app that basically acts like cable tv it just has a bunch of different channels that run different genres so there's like oh here's a science fiction channel but it's not the sci-fi channel it just runs different science fiction movies oh here's the home improvement channel it literally just runs home improvement reruns like the tv <laughs> show home improvement so do they have anything like that in europe at all i've never heard I yes, don't it's think cable. I ever heard of it when I was there. I well, it. yes, but like it is cable, but it's like a it's a free app that mimics cable but isn't cable and you just need Wi-Fi to run it. And it's just a bunch of reruns of shows like the Friends channel, the Home Improvement channel, the yeah, like history channel like that available globally. Lisa, are you familiar with any of those? I mean, I I wouldn't say they're called apps we have certain tv channels that run a lot of reruns or certain kinds of mm -hmm. programs that are targeted towards certain kinds of people but are they but are not running in any of these like, streaming platforms like amazon over here has a lot of like oh like you, you can like run this channel on amazon basically and it just grabs everything that you have from all of your your add-ons whether it's just amazon prime or if you have showtime added on and here are all the murder mystery shows and it just runs it for you on one channel and then it just reruns re them 24 7 because people it's like it's like targeting boomers are like used to cable but now their their kids canceled their right their that's Dish what i was Network, thinking so so like, which is why like well, i just want to watch you know court tv well yeah which is why i'm curious if there's anything like if there are any apps like that in europe because i think it's not popular but i've seen it with like older generations mm. like our parents generations in the states but i don't know if it's like if it's popular in Europe at all, That's which if it's not, then they're not going to lose out on <laughs> their international audience. They're already going to lose out I mean... here because here's the thing. We don't watch 24-hour streams. And when you do, you're watching that one stream, but you're not watching it and waiting for that cable show to pop on. We are the on-demand world now. I I, I just yeah. don't see this. Well, Lisa... like it's a novelty. Go ahead, Lissa. Yeah, go ahead. Let's I mean, I I can't speak on behalf of all of Europe, but you're the because Europe I am one. Europe. I am one person in one place in I don't Europe. Know about that. Uh, I I can't speak on behalf of all of Europe. I do not know of any. That does not mm -hmm. mean that there aren't any per se. But that might go to say that it's not very popular if they are. I'm right. also not the target generation of those mm -hmm. weird apps that you're talking about. So. And right. my parents yeah. don't and watch anything like, like that. That generation right. definitely loves D&D, &D, right? So this is perfect. Yeah, obviously. The, mm -hmm. uh, and that's my thing with this. I'm like, who the fuck is this for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... I don't know, because it's like, 
I mean, yeah, our parents' generation, D&D was available to them, sure. But, like, are they going? They don't know what fucking actual plays are. They don't know what any of the the new stuff that's in the D&D space is. Like, I talk to my dad sometimes about D&D because he was a nerd. Well, he is a nerd. He grew up in the 80s and stuff. And I mm-hmm. asked him, like, have you ever played D&D? And he's like, no, I just read a lot. <laughs> but he's read a lot of the, like, he's read the Dragonlance books and stuff. So t- tangentially, he, like, knows of it but he never played it. So I just, I, I don't know how many people this is going to appeal to, if it's going to be successful. I, I'm level, very like, confused. You reach that niche of like, okay, boomers and older generations that, that do like D&D. I have several friends like that. I have friends in my in my 60s, in their 60s, who play D&D, have always played it, but they're savvy and they don't watch cable. You know what I mean? Like, right. And that's anecdotal. Who is this I'm sure like, people are going to watch us. And like I said, the novelty of it, people are going to tune in like, oh, it's just 24-7. That novelty will wear out. Yeah. It so will. like I just that part of it, I just don't know who this is for or why. Um like Lissa said, you need the Netflix of D D. You don't need the cable channel. This is the G four T V Cable is D&D. dying. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like and- cable has been dying for years and like I don't so I don't know why they're trying to well, I, I say it's dying like Obviously, there are still people watching it because I just watched something on YouTube the other day because that's where I get most of my stuff because I don't watch cable TV anymore about how all of these like there are a bunch of shows on that people love and that stay on the air. But like if you're like chronically online, like a lot of the millennials and the Gen Z are like you have no idea what any of these things are. That doesn't mean they're popular or it doesn't mean they're not popular with other like demographics and stuff it's just i'm so confused is what D is trying to do with this is i think the main thing i'm so confused <laughs> this sounds like hey we cut like one uh the company one we cut a bunch of their shit with like a lot of their studios we, you know we hit the eject button and then the stuff that hmm. we ejected actually started making money they're like oh no uh well how do we pivot what we have left since people like that D movie or whatever oh let's make a tv channel mm. those kids love those tv channels don't they uh and then they did it you know what i mean like i don't i don't know someone will like this and someone will be really sad when they cancel it in a year um yeah (laughs) moving on uh uh sharday you sent me this story it's a little bit more tangential than what we normally cover but uh netflix announces a movie adaptation of the social deduction game werewolf uh this is really interesting because if you don't know um the werewolves of miller's hollow it's like a like mafia like game where you know someone's a werewolf and you slowly turn people around the table you don't it's not really an rpg but it's a fun social Mm -hmm. game that in my i play it a lot in rpgs like it's a diegetic game that i throw in there um usually with more like dire consequences for the characters uh, but there was a video game adaptation that was done for VR by uh, Ubisoft called Werewolves Within that became wildly popular in the first few years of VR. And that was already adapted into a movie that covered this exact subject uh, created uh. Um, by uh, a bunch of really cool like comedians and improv people. Speaking of Dropout and D20, um, uh, Josh... Oh, fuck, I can't remember his last name, but... Uh, a, a veteran of Dropout TV was the director of that movie. And uh, oh. so the fact that, they're a, that Netflix is like, yeah, we should make one. That, that's a great win. Like, they already did it. Uh, and it didn't do that well, uh, even though it was, I think it was a very good movie. So I don't know who this is for yet again, but Gil, get your money. Like, uh, good for you, Werewolves and Miller's Hollow. Get your bread. Yeah. Probably just going to yeah. call it Werewolves. And- that's what most people call it. 
it was also tweeted from like French Netflix, mm-hmm. so I don't mm-hmm. know if uh, if it's going to be a French studio and it's going to be a French speaking like film. That's kind of the impression that I got. Um, so I don't know. I watched like a handful of French cinema, and they have a very specific like sense of humor and I've stuff. So maybe it'll cinema. be. Um... Oh yeah, it's so strange. Um, <laughs> but so maybe they'll bring something a little bit different than an American produced one, just because of tone and just how the different industries work. That's and like that the only like, thing comedic. I can think of. Like it was like a slasher movie. It was very funny. Very oh, well this one probably but... will not be like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's by a French studio, it'll be they a little bit comedies. more. They they hundred percent do. I've Have watched a couple of them. Amelie, no. It's a children's show about a ladybug superhero. That's adorable. And her boyfriend, Cat Noir. I watch a lot of cartoons. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> you have children, and also you love cartoons. I, mean, I was just thinking, like, like what, what French things have I seen lately? I'm like, well, Emily in Paris doesn't count. Um, no, you say that to a French person, they might like. It's also it's a terrible show. I just love bringing up Emily in Paris often because it's called Emily in Paris, not Emily in Paris, which is what it was. That's what it was apparently, to. yeah, yeah supposed to be, but it nobody says that. Which just embodies what. That. Emily in Paris is so well. Yeah. Oh, it's like oh, I haven't watched people who don't get it. I haven't I haven't watched it. I've just heard like uh, a lot of things from my best friend. And just hate yourself a little bit no, more thank and you. watch Emily in Paris. I already do that anyway. I don't need <laughs> to watch Emily in Paris. It's a great reprieve from that because <laughs> then you can start hating Emily in Paris. Oh, sure. Just channel the anger from the other, you know, more obvious things exactly. to a TV show. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Lisa, any thoughts on uh, the werewolf movie? I like werewolves. Thank Ditto. you. Ditto. <laughs> well, well said, well spoken. Uh, well said, good job. <laughs> finally, let's wrap this up. Let's get you out of here. Let's start talking about some BS that we're doing away from the table. Lisa, what are you doing that does not involve TTRPGs? What am I doing with my life in general? <laughs> oh bigger, no! Bigger I'm sorry oh, for no. asking this. I think. Um... Uh, I have been watching. What have I been watching? I've been watching Shira. I've also been. Hell watching... yeah! Yeah. Um, I'm also watching a Korean lawyer drama. I can't remember if I talked about Which this one? previously. It's called, oh God, what is it called? The Extraordinary. It's the Netflix one? Yeah, it's the Netflix one. It's yeah, the I know Extraordinary. It was, I know it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about Woo Young Woo. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Korean lawyer with autism. Extraordinary um, Attorney Woo. Yeah, um, that one. Yeah, I haven't watched this yet. I haven't queued up. If you don't have any sort of like... Uh, um, what's, what's the word I'm thinking of where it's like, uh, you don't like to admit that you watch it, but you watch it. What's the phrase I'm thinking of? 
Oh, guilt. um, guilt. Guilty pleasure. Thank you. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. And if you yeah. don't have a guilty pleasure drama, you need to be watching more Korean dramas because they are. So <laughs> they good scratch it. Like they Wait, really what? do. What is so like, guilty about Korean dramas? Like the I melodrama love... is fourteen thousand times anything that's possible in real life. The amount of zooms and close-ups when somebody trips and somebody catches somebody Beautiful. else, and like it goes it's slow amazing. motion, the wind blows, the music picks up. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. my life to and be. The and the CGI whales and oh dolphins. Oh my god! The yeah. <laughs> Why? Why do they do that? Like, because it, it it's like amazing. The CGI that I'm watching from Fox Family Why in 1999. Not? But again, I'm yeah. talking shit. Like, I don't like this. I love it. So, uh, <laughs> I, I also recommend that. I haven't watched That's this one. Great. They call it a legal drama, and I would, I would argue against that a little bit. Though I've seen some trailers. It's... It's both it's both a legal drama because it is a case by case each episode sure, is one case sure. and it's also covering like her life story as somebody who has autism and as somebody who has autism both in the workplace and in her personal life mm-hmm. and also how to deal with relationships with people. Yeah, like if you've watched And the Family Doctor Matters or anybody where like the main character yeah. has Asperger's uh it's pretty on par with that stuff so if you like the good doctor go check out extraordinary attorney woo um i know it sounds like i'm being sarcastic but do it like i promise it's not it's great if you need more drama in your if you need more drama in your life that isn't your life like watch korean drama korean dramas are amazing they're Um, great anyways just like japanese um reality tv far superior to any <laughs> i watched clip compilations but i don't think i've ever sat through an entire episode before of, of any of them because uh, i can know of any of them oh god oh no <laughs> uh let's see what do i have on my list well obviously terrace house uh that's uh, that's the one that everyone should watch uh it got canceled now but for a while fuck man uh <laughs> popping off shit gets crazy by the end of it too um mm-hmm. what else what else i i can't go on uh but <laughs> the, good choice Liz. i appreciate you bringing some culture to this damn show thank you that's uh, what i'm here for the culture we're, you know we're talking about uh, korean dramas we're talking about japanese reality shows and we're talking about cable news or not cable news, cable 24 hour channels you know the important things yeah uh obviously Sharday, what's the bs you're doing away from the gaming table I have been, I just finished uh, watching Queen Charlotte, which is, what? I Swedish. Yeah, Alyssa's Finnish. Oh, I mean, yes, I do have um, Swedish blood, but we don't talk about Sweden right now. We're very mad um, at Sweden for yeah. many reasons. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess one of them is uh, Lisa and I watch Eurovision. Oh, um, yeah, Eurovision was a big one. I really one. thought you were going to talk about some of the geopolitical stuff that was happening right now. No. No. Eurovision is geopolitical, I'm Terry. Yeah, you're going to talk about Eurovision, right? Like, I know you two, but for some but, reason in my head, I was like, oh, shit, we're going to talk about this? Hell, yeah, I can talk about this, and then you go drop Eurovision. No. Which I can also Eurovision. talk about, but I, for some reason, my tired brain... <laughs> 
was ready. I'm like, oh, we're gonna have this conversation. Let's get it. Let's, oh, like, geopolitics. Yeah. Well, yeah, Eurovision. And they're like, no, Eurovision. I was like, oh shit, I, I should have seen that one coming. Yeah, this is this is more serious than geopolitics. This is yeah. Eurovision. This is Eurovision. <laughs> this is the most serious it's ever been. There are conspiracy exactly. theories. There are conspiracy theories. Finland and I agree. FIFA. If you Finland like, was like, robbed. We were robbed. European, um, conspiracy theories. Let me show you uh, the the clerical things that are happening in fifa and then we can talk conspiracy i mean i also i also know about those too but eurovision is way more important right now because it just happens it's been shit forever Uh, i disagree no no i'm saying no are you saying oh i thought you said fifa was more entertaining i'm like no no, 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 we're not not definitely not number one and number two even their conspiracy theories they're not really conspiracy theories they're just kind of fat like this is just a very they're um, bad. FIFA's yeah. awful. It's a Full very, stop. Um, what's the word when you uh, take a lot of bribes? Corrupt. It's a very corrupt organization. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. But I guess one of my BS was, yeah, I finished Queen Charlotte and I'm watching The Great, but also Eurovision. Give me some and tea. Was some robbed. conspiracy theory uh, tea stuff going on with Eurovision? I'm not up to date on this. Well, oh, my God, man. Oh, how much time do you have? Yeah, two minutes so... Early, so <laughs> Oh fuck! Okay. Oh god! Oh god! Okay, I could do this. I could do this. So we have um, two minutes before we get into my section. We 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 don't have to turn it off immediately. Like I was just keeping the time with the episode. You're you're okay if you go over the two minutes. I'm not gonna click the (laughs) stop recording button. It's okay. Not nothing ever okay. So (laughs) how how it worked was um so Finland won the popular vote and they still lost, which as an American we feel that. Yeah, yeah no, um, we, definitely, we definitely can. Resonate. So they got all of the. So how Eurovision works is they and Lisa can correct me because I'm an American explaining Eurovision, which is very strange. But how it works is you, you get say, the. This is there's the there's the popular vote, which is the televote, which mm-hmm. is where people can use the app and they can call in and they can vote for who they want, and that's like the whole population of Europe. And now this specific year, people outside of Europe could also vote. That's the popular vote, and then the juries, which are a uh, very small selection of people in each country, they also give out votes, and it's very geopolitical. And if you say it's not, you're wrong. Well, it's like um, to, to give a little context, like they're weighted differently, very similar to like American Idol stuff, right? Where like it's like fifty, it's like fifty fifty. It's like these six people from a country are weighted almost the exact as same as, as the popular, popular vote, exactly. Which is yeah. really it's 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 how it's always worked. It's fucked up. We all know this, but, but they it, never it really explained this it to year. the new audience. I saw a lot of people kind of getting mad about this, or was like, "Well, this is well." New, then they but should they do their explain. they should do their homework. Right, I agree. Like especially because you had to pay in America to vote or. Like you're paying. You have to pay the fucking terms and service. This is on you a little bit. I asked. I asked Lissa about this. I'm like, do you have to pay? She's like, well, you you explained it better. Like you have to pay depending on what country you're in, right? It's not just the people outside of Europe. No, it depends on where you're at. Yeah, it depends on where you're at. I think you do have to pay something because you are sending in um a text message and or taking giving a call standard messaging rates apply yeah yeah you have to pay something but i i did have like there was a charge of like one euro or something when i called in that's what it was for me too not a euro yeah Yeah, it was a one euro (laughs) it was a euro it was was a euro for the states uh, for me i don't know what what monopoly money you use but in terms of like in terms of like the politics and how the voting stuff works they they do change it so it's not always been like that that it's 50 50 
but like there oh. are certain instances like when finland won the last time it was not the case oh. it was slightly mm. different because i watched an interview with um the guy the guy who won finland for finland last mm -hmm. time and he was saying that no we would not have won this time <laughs> oh shit okay so it so, does change okay 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 so it does change like for example this is the first year that people outside of europe and other countries mm -hmm. have been able to vote in so they do change Woo! it every so often and this was the first year that the semi-finals were um you went from the semi-finals to the finals based on just public voting the televote uh -huh. there were no yes. there were no juries no jury involved votes. in the semifinals because of something that happened last year specifically <laughs> which we won't get into <laughs> like like just in my head like i feel like that should be reversed where like the jury can kind of like, make sure they yeah. select well, good enough acts for it to be yeah but yeah they, they had that last year but what uh -huh. happened was there was um a con well, I don't know if it was true or not. It's not. They, that's what they said. There was what some happened was claims. there was corruption that people were working together as countries to be able to get each other into the finals. Because that's when you got into the finals, mm -hmm. you were solid. But that's what like, I'm here for. Like I'm fine with it. Fuck them. I'm not there. Like I, that's no. entertaining to me. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. It's the same no. reason why I watch televised events with the UN. Like let like if they're gonna be conspiratorial. <laughs> Let it happen. Here's the thing. So here's the thing. So this year, so get back to why this year's Eurovision, uh -huh. yeah. what, there's a conspiracy theory. It's kind of like that, but worse, in my opinion. <laughs> so this is a conspiracy theory. It's not confirmed, but it is convincing. So Finland won the popular vote. They got like... 400 something points it was ridiculous they got it was so many and 375 or something yeah it, it was, was from just it from was overwhelming the, mm -hmm. the amount of points that they got but before that they did the jury votes and the jury votes i swear to christ it was like 80 percent of them voted for sweden so and that according to like, lisa it doesn't happen very often so yeah, it was. If you look at the stats, it was a lot. Of, Sweden got a lot of twelve points from all, all or if not most of the countries. Eighty percent. I have like to. a lot of. So and many. so the situation where at the end of the jury votes was Finland had a hundred and fifty points, Sweden had like double that, like three hundred. Yeah, and they had like. They had close to 400. It was like in the high 300. So Sweden was like at the top of, after the jury votes were all tallied, they were at the top of the list. They were in the lead like most of the time. Most of the countries gave all of their, their highest amount of points to Sweden, which was even like, what was it? Greece didn't give their points to Cyprus, which always happens. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? That's weird. That's suspicious. <laughs> That's suspicious. But and then the popular vote came in and uh, Finland, rightfully so, when they got their popular votes, was number one. Like, And throughout the entire so, performance, everybody loved Finland. People were shouting the, like, cha-cha-cha, which was the name of the Finland song. You could hear it when they were tallying votes. Everybody loved it. Like, loved that song. And it won the popular vote for a good reason. But then when Sweden got their popular votes, they got maybe, like, a hundred and something like just over what they needed, like or maybe just two hundred. Like there was a fifty point difference between Finland. There was a fifty point difference, and they only needed like a hundred and fifty, two hundred points 
to go back to the top and overtake Finland after the popular votes. And they did that because they didn't need that many. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Sweden won. It was a huge upset because most people who are watching wanted Finland. They won the popular vote. And everybody, and they, the only reason that Sweden won is because they had a shit ton of jury votes. And then after Eurovision ended, everybody's look, everybody kind of started connecting some dots and like, wait a minute. There, that means it's going to be held in Sweden next year because whoever wins Eurovision hosts it next year. Wait a minute. That's suspicious because there's a very big event happening next year for Eurovision in that ABBA, the Swedish like band who won Eurovision, won 50 years ago. So people are Next year will be 50 years. Next exactly. year will be 50 years exactly. Because I fucking love ABBA. Like, I, I, no, no, no. ABBA, nobody is discounting ABBA. Nobody, nobody hates I know, ABBA. I know that. Nobody like, hates ABBA. Listen, I agree with you. It's not ABBA every, Everywhere across the board, except for the fact that I'm like, well, that's kind of exciting. <laughs> well, no, it is exciting. And that's what probably the juries, what was the conspiracy theory is, is they banded together so they could hold it in Sweden yeah, so that they could properly like the Oscars, celebrate. Right? The 50th, yeah, no, so they could properly celebrate ABBA's 50th, at the 50th anniversary of ABBA winning Eurovision. And so it, we're not saying, like, yeah, that would be cool, but you robbed a potential winner of a Eurovision title to do that. That's fucked up if it's true. It's a conspiracy theory. It's not actually, like, nobody's confirmed if it's true, but it's really suspicious, and the internet has been tizzy for, like, yeah, a week. This makes and we're like, this I, is obviously what I happened. I saw some stuff, uh, a buddy of mine was mentioning that it was kind of like the Oscars, where it's like, oh, they give this award to this person, not because it was the best performance from this year, but because they didn't win a few years ago go and the yeah like, kind of gotta give them one now i understand why they were making that comparison after you give me yeah. the explainer and i completely agree that's fucked up um not Super surprising at all that's what happens when you have uh you know a jury vote type thing you, you have the a mm, republic they can break it than a democratic type thing uh, mm. uh <laughs> it gets political right <laughs> It's poli oh, yeah. Eurovision is political, and everybody who says any differently is lying. Right. So we Liars. still got there in the end. I appreciate that. Uh, that was a roller coaster. I um, <laughs> voted, uh, but I did not watch it live. <laughs> How dare you? Who did you vote for? I voted for Finland. Good. 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 That's the right answer. And I voted. For if Finland I was lying, well. would I say it on this show right now? Yes, you I would, would be able to tell. Drama. <laughs> I don't what I know I love the Korean drama. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <Okay>. Um <laughs> Oh the BS oh, is man, my now I'm life. fired up again. Uh, right, exactly. I'm trying to now I gotta come back to reality. What have I been doing? Uh, I watched the the Nike movie, uh Air, uh from Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, uh Jason Bateman. Pretty fun. Uh, very, very simple, straightforward, very predictable biopic on the people who uh, convinced Michael Jordan to go to Nike for, for his brand shoe. Uh, it was fun. <laughs> End of uh, what I have to say about it. It was a very, very straightforward movie. Um, I've been playing a few games. I turned 30. Been reading a fuck ton of comic books because my wife got really into comic books recently. She's always liked comic books, but now she reads more than me, which is crazy because that's what I do for Woo! a living. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was really surprised when she came home with like like a, just a gigantic stack of comic books. 
Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, it was a, a very exciting for me for multiple reasons, but we don't need to get into that on this show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I know. Uh, but I, I would recommend just a couple of them that I've been reading. If you like fantasy stuff, which obviously if you're listening to this show, you probably do a little bit. Um, I will recommend Rick Remender and Jerome Opeña's Seven to Eternity, which is a full-on like crazy fantasy setting. Uh, and it's about a group of basically superheroes in that setting like they, they referred to kind of like paladins but they are special people who have special gifts just like if you were to read a marvel comic book uh but it's in a fantasy setting and there is a god of whispers it's basically just a dude who his superpower was to kind of get into people's head and take over their mind if they agree to like a deal so like the yellow king style hey i'll give you this um but then you serve me so you give him your heart's desire, and he took over the entire land. And it was about one holdout family who moved to the mountains and said, nah, we ain't doing that, chief. And uh, they're the last saviors, basically, the last of these superheroes to go and try to take down the Mud King. Uh, really, really cool, amazing art. Really interesting to see like a superhero tale in a fantasy setting. Uh, you don't see that a lot, so that's really, really exciting. I highly recommend it. Go check it out. There's like five volumes or something like that. Seven to Eternity. Go read it, damn it. Moving on. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this, head on over to campykillcreations.com. Check out all of our other content there. If you really, really liked it, head on over to patreon.com slash campykillcreations. Drop a buck or two. Get early content, bonus content. You get this show early. Uh, you get lots of ad-free stuff, bonus stuff that you can't get anywhere else, like Slavenly Trolls After Dark. You get Sharday's lore rewrites. You get lots of cool stuff, like our bitches and books book club where we talk about a book every month this month we're doing uh crystal shard from re salvatore and forgotten realms uh what else is there uh lots of other cool stuff i suppose we did a little spoiler cast for DD honor among thieves if you want to check that out uh i'm at resident Sievel on twitter you can find me also and this show at cave trolls pod uh, if you want to talk to us not on Twitter, because Twitter is a hellscape, you can email us, campykillcreations at gmail.com. We check that sometimes. Um, Lissa, where can the people find you online? Probably uh, not in Sweden, but maybe in Switzerland, it sounds like. Yeah, don't look on the online Sweden um, version, because I am not there. You will not find me there. Is there an uh, online you will. Probably. Apparently. I mean, I mean that's that's just it's if 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 not, it's just a question of time, Terry. Again, Sweden Capital Switzerland has its own internet, guaranteed. I guarantee it. <laughs> listen, it's very white. listen, apparently you can go to play Fortnite and um go to Helsinki oh senate, shit and it's where and it plays cha-cha-cha for you so um, yes. no way yeah, you should that's definitely amazing. do that. It's a virtual little Finland there. Hell yeah. Justice for um, Finland. Yeah, Justice for Finland. Uh, in terms of where can you find me, actually, you can find me behind the Twitter account of Cave Trolls, which is at Cave Trolls Pod, and you can find me running the Slumly Trolls Instagram at Slumly Trolls. That's right. That's where you can find me. Sharday, where can the people find you? They can find me as the best host of the Slavenly Trolls podcast, where every month, <laughs> where every month we uh, dissect a D and D lore history topic and encourage people to do better. And I run the Slavenly Trolls Twitter at Slavenly Trolls. You do? I do. 
Yeah. So and good. oh, also, I'm I run the TikTok apparently because I posted two TikToks Hell in two yeah. days on there. <laughs> We're at Slovenly Trolls. Is it good? No. Lissa created the account how many months ago? Six, seven, a year. And then we just never posted on it. And then Twitter was like, hey, you should post on TikTok. And I'm like, all right. That makes so sense I why I got a couple of TikTok followers this week. Like, like tangentially, I'm sure it was like, oh, check, this account. check this one. Like, I was like, who found my TikTok account? You know what I mean? Like, I was that happy. So that, that oh, adds no. up a little bit better. Um, Sorry about uh, that. I, I had an urge. I'm fine. I'm like, I, I, sometimes I post comic strips on there. If you want to check out my Lula and Ronnie comic strip from like, you know, four years ago, you can check that out. It's funny Woo. sometimes. Uh, <laughs> speaking of my writing, that's funny all the time. You can find me in comic book stores, TS Luther, check that out. Um, and I'm going to be on the character creation corner, uh, May 21st. So if you want to check that out, watch that stream, oh, yeah. I'll be putting Ooh. out links of all that stuff. That's the Saturday. If you don't know, but it's also on demand. If you don't catch it on Saturday, you can watch it, you know, wherever, uh the on-demand videos are sold i believe twitch and youtube so uh mm -hmm. you can check that out uh follow dm rick hammer of the gods that's who invited me on their show i'm very excited we're going to be creating some tales for the loop characters or tales from the loop Ooh. yeah little kids who like 80s music so check that out hell yeah do it you cowards um and until then uh we've been the cave trolls and we're sorry and we're once again we have that special time where we get to thank our patreon producers right now we have kim winson jeremy raymond the lorax and trellbot thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on the mics rolling you keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets and you keep us having fun on the mic thank you so much <laughs>